these uh, Russian propaganda architects would say that they are not uh, responsible for other people's threats. If other people send me, for example, death fantasies or claim that I should be put a bullet in my head, Russian style, or my stomach should be slit open, This is Jessica Aro, a Finnish journalist. For almost 10 years, she worked to uncover how Russian troll factories are influencing Western societies by spreading lies and enraging people. What happened to her is a nightmare and reminds me of the pressure on investigative journalists researching the mafia. Her case is severe and falls right into my domain, I work for the German Press Council. My name is Sonja Volkmann-Schluck and in this podcast I will try and find answers for one of today's most pressing questions. How can we deal with fake news and information warfare in the age of social media? And what is the role of the press that has committed itself to ethical standards like truthfulness and duty of care, especially against the background, of course, of the Russian war against Ukraine? And I'm quite happy that I have the support of a highly valued colleague from Finland. In the past, we've had the pleasure of working together quite a few times. Yes, Sonia, thank you. It's great meeting you here in this way. My name is Eero Hyvänen. I work for the Finnish Press Council. For this podcast, I will try and explain a few things about the Finnish media landscape. Also, we'll have a look at how Jessica Aro's case has already changed the way our country will deal with such threats. I feel it's one of the most pressing topics of our times and one of the most important when it comes to our security and the future of our societies and our democracies. Russian information warfare is directly targeted at changing our societies and the change isn't positive to us who live in these societies. Mostly these Russian trolls are trying to put in leaders and have us elect and vote for the candidates that do not do good for our societies. Jessica Aro is working as investigative journalist for Ilais Radio, or Ile as the Finnish called the public radio. She investigates topics like the recruitment tactics of online jihadists, a nasty topic. Sometimes it brings her in contact with brutal images. But still, back then her life is mostly quiet. This changes drastically in September 2014, when she publishes her first article on the Russian propaganda trolls in Finland. At this point, we need to go back to November 2013. Russia had supported separatist movements in the Ukraine for a long time. But now, Putin was extending his propaganda to the scope of an info war. Today, we know that he was already preparing the annexation of Crimea. Putin's disinformation machinery was already well-oiled. So, when Jessica Aro publishes her first article on them, the machine turns against her instantly. And suddenly the internet becomes a place targeting her personally, 
Hundreds of pieces per day are popping up, online posts on social media, but also things that are designed to look like proper news articles. In these uh, so-called articles, uh, I am being framed with things that are not correct factually. Uh, for example, that I am gathering an illegal database of Putin supporters in Finland, that I am providing some illegal material to United States, that I am mentally ill, that I use drugs, that I deal drugs, uh, that I work in close cooperation and take orders from some named American alleged uh, officer of information warfare. Invented stuff. Uh, being put in the form of news and presented to the public in a manner that really pushes their buttons. So, and when these buttons are being pushed, it means that people enjoy some type of emotional reaction. Mostly it's either hatred or then fear uh, against me and my alleged actions. So far, this is a combination of slander and a fake news campaign. From the very beginning, it is clear that there are huge amounts of resources and manpower involved. It's actually an entire troll factory that was going on a witch hunt for Jessica Aro. For one article that also got translated into English, she investigates a company in St. Petersburg, posing as a software company in a big four-story office building. They had hired a lot of online-related staff. Copywriters, search engine optimizers, graphic designers. In many cases, the required language skills included English. Per month, these people are paid quite an attractive salary for St. Petersburg. It is a sum between 400 and 650 euros. The factory runs 24 hours, seven days a week, churning out an endless stream of fake news and hate speech. Fake news is a huge problem for serious journalists. Sources and facts have to be checked and quite often Additional research is needed before the context emerges and connections or motives become clearer. So, this alone makes sure that the trolls are always one step ahead. In Jessica Aro's case, the sheer mass of publications was overwhelming, but there is another factor involved. Yes, it's not only fact-checking and research that takes time, Writing articles or producing media for radio and TV requires extra time and effort. So those spreading lies will always be two steps ahead, right? Especially since in many cases, at least part of the lies will stick in the readers' minds. But Eero, apart from that, what makes your situation in Finland so special? To begin with, we share a long border with Russia, the longest in the European Union. Finland became an autonomous part of Russia in the years 1809 till 1917. Uh, Finland broke independence in the aftermath of the Russian Revolution, and Stalin then attacked Finland in 1939 to get the country back under Soviet-Russian control. Finland remained independent, but was forced to give uh, 10% of its territory to the Soviet Union. The entire population of those areas had to be relocated elsewhere. The wartime affected practically every family. 
Many people still remember how their relatives were dying in the war or had to leave their homes as a child. From 1990 onward, immigration brought many Russians to Finland. Nowadays, we have about 80,000 Russian speakers. This really sets Finland apart from many other countries, but to some extent, uh, I think we have some parallels in Germany, where the eastern part was within the Eastern Bloc for many decades. And this may also be the reasons for Berlin being the target for many refugees from the Ukraine right now. Here they find a lot of Russian-speaking people. But, of course, it's still different from your situation since we have no direct border with Russia. But um, coming back to the fake news problem, how do you as the Finnish press council deal with it? What criteria does your press code define to tell apart real and fake news? The most important for our press code are truthfulness and accuracy. Also, we have a policy of only dealing with other members of the press council, and the fake news media and organizations are not our members. The general idea is show your citizens that serious media outlets are strictly following our ethical code. And I think this approach has worked very well Finnish citizens uh, are trusting news media much more than anywhere else in the world, as the annual survey by the Reuters Institute shows. Jessica Aro soon finds out that the activities of the troll factory not only target herself. Ordinary Finnish users who write critical posts on social media are being intimidated. Their messages are drowned by a multitude of pro-Russian posts. Jessica Aro's audience realizes what is happening and Quite a few of them react. Uh, some of the most important supportive measures have come from the readers of my articles who have really learned something valuable from my articles about Russian trolls and Russian propaganda warfare. They have throughout the years sent me really lovely messages, um, kind of like cheering me and telling me that they love my work and they want me to continue and they want to just say something nice to me. Psychological support. I think this factor cannot be valued high enough. You realize that your enemies make you the target and want to isolate you and then there is a strong group standing by your side, people that show that they value your work and want you to continue. People who reach out and show you how they feel for you. Yes, exactly. One reason for that is that Jessica's work helped Finland identify the main actors in this info war. One example is MV Lehti, What the Fact Media in English, a website that popped out of nowhere in 2014. It not only spreads pro-Russian propaganda, but also fake news directed against Muslims and asylum seekers. Uh, this kind of content is very compatible with the ideas of the Finnish right. Jessica Aro keeps working. The psychological support is certainly good and important, but still, the constant output of the troll factory is having an effect on her. Professionally, it impacted me in a manner that so much of my time is consumed with taking notes and screenshots of the filth material that is being spread about me, and also um, processing things with the police and in the court It's also time away from my reporting and my writing. So I have been forced to accustom to that. It's like having a second job, one that you did not choose. One that gives you a constant stomach ache. 
The tactic is obvious. Stop or at least slow down Jessica Aro's work and at the same time drown out her public voice by bullshit. In the constant battle between signal and noise, the Russian trolls go to war by cranking up the noise. When you cannot work as before, it has an impact on the psychological side. Frustration is one thing, but also being limited in fighting back is an issue. On top of that, at some point your income is at stake. At least in that respect, Jessica Aro was lucky. Then there's been my uh, amazing bosses and supervisors who have supported me fully and who have never let uh, me down and they have never um, doubted me or started believing the material that has been spread about me. Instead, they have um, immediately told me that it's just part of the campaign, uh, you're going to be fine and we will take care of this and we will give you the support you need. This is certainly one of the good things that happened to Jessica from her professional surroundings. I'm still quite amazed at how clear most of her colleagues and bosses made their position, especially since the harassment quickly reached some of them as well. There have been um, mass emails being sent to my colleagues and my supervisors lying things about me so that I would become the so-called troublemaker in my work, in my newsroom. Uh, there have been demands that I should be immediately sacked from Finnish Broadcasting Company. My bosses have become targeted as well. Yes, we just talked about fake news being always two steps ahead. Uh, but actually, I would like to uh, spot to another aspect now that makes the game especially unfair. Mostly the ones organizing all this remain hidden in the dark. Their targets, on the contrary, are out in the open. Their names, faces and contact data are exposed. It is their lives that are at stake. Yes, and there is the added trouble of aggression. Those in the dark will employ the entire spectrum of emotions, including two of the most powerful ones, fear and hatred. On the other side, People like Jessica are both struggling to stay sane and go through all this with as much dignity as possible. That means that they do not vent their anger and frustration to the outside world, but keep a journalistic distance and achieve as much objectivity as possible. Both of these factors are turning this type of conflict into asymmetrical warfare. And all that with one severely tough factor on top – The amount of people involved in the Russian troll factories and the sheer mass of content they put out. What makes Jessica's case especially ugly, the clandestine Russian mob does not spare anyone, not even representatives of the Finnish law. The policemen who have been investigating these crimes started at me. They have become targets of fake news and filth stories. There have been conspiracy theories being spread about me and these policemen and Uh, trolls have been claiming that we use probably drugs together. This is a direct attack on the state and its democratic structure. Eero, how did the Finnish press council act on this matter? Did you support Jessica? Yes, they did. When all this started, journalists and the public were confused about what was going on. So the Finnish press council informed both the public and other stakeholders in the media about the Russian troll activity. 
it made clear that these articles and posts were fake and part of a smear campaign directed against Jessica Haro. The Finnish press council also introduced their colleagues from the other Nordic countries to this new phenomenon. In fact, when the Nordic media councils met in 2014, Finland was the first country to detect the Russian disinformation campaign. Also, we had already started counteracting it. So, despite the pressure, Jessica Aro, she was in a very lucky position. Psychological backup from the audience, colleagues standing by her side, representatives of the democracy supporting her. Still, at this point, there are a lot of parallels between Jessica Aro's case and the current situation in Ukraine. Much sympathy from all around the world, but no strong arm in sight to effectively help fight the cause. I was forced to look behind my shoulder. Every time I went out, there were even physical followers after me, stalking me and harassing me wherever I went, either on cyberspace or then physically. So the police gave me instructions that I should start looking when I'm at home uh, about my surroundings and uh, about the bottom of my car for any explosives and to start putting this plastic thing on my windows so that no one could break in. Uh, then I thought, I'm not going to live like this. The entire process of investigation was very difficult. Members of the police were targeted by the trolls. Confidential documents were published. Jessica was publicly accused of creating an investigation on grounds of fake evidence. It was getting really messy. And the Russian mob very well knew how to abuse the Finnish laws. Thinking back on all of that, I am still amazed how strong Jessica was standing against this. I left my country to be able to work with my book in more peace than what I could do in Finland. I felt crushed and relieved at the same time. Leaving her home country might feel like defeat. But for Jessica Aro, this is the only way to move forward. In Finland, her face is too well known. A normal daily routine becomes too difficult. Still, she keeps working. In 2019, she publishes her work Putnin Trollit. In June 2022, an English translation will be released. The book tells a story in great detail and with a lot of background. It also presents her research into many other cases as well. Finnish citizens, scientists and politicians who expose the Russian propaganda system, like her. Individuals who tried to inform the public and consequently felt enormous pressure as the Russian mob tried to silence them. Her book is a thorough analysis of how the Russian method of destabilizing works, the tactics and mechanics employed, and their effect on individuals, on society, and on politics. I think this used to be a really weak point in our system. Until investigations are completed, we cannot expect enough decisive action from the authorities. But um, I see a change here. Facebook and Twitter are becoming more active in deleting or even locking out propaganda content. And there's even one more interesting aspect. I don't know, Arrow, if you know Rapli. It's one of Russia's state media agencies and it's situated right here in the heart of Berlin. And since the start of the war in Ukraine, many of their employees have quit their jobs. And at the moment, Rapli is actually running low on staff. 
And again, speaking from a German perspective, the authorities are more alert now. RTDE, that's the German-speaking broadcaster financed by the Russian state, had its license revoked. And also the EU has banned Russian state media as part of the sanctions caused by the war in Ukraine. So what do you think, Aero? Does all this mean that Russian propaganda is losing its ground? I hope so. At the same time, we have to be careful. We can't just ban media because they are Russian. We have to treat them just like any other local media publisher. Freedom of speech is a very important right, and that must not be taken away easily. It's a difficult conflict. We want decisive action, and we want it fast. It's easy to become biased and judgmental, but when we're drifting off in this way, we're severely damaging our position. Very often we need patience, especially in the face of the next phase of escalation. When Jessica Aro's criminal complaint finally makes it to the courtroom, the Russian troll factories mobilize a mob by using social media channels. So even when I have been sitting in court uh, trying to get justice, I have been faced with another criminal filth campaign behind my back from the audience. And uh, simultaneously we have witnessed regular journalists who have tried to report my case uh, become targets of pushing and mental violence inside the courtroom. Now, how could we solve such a problem? I think for this openly aggressive behavior, we already have rules that work. I see a bigger problem with the abuse of democratic rights. Let me give you an example. It's one from my work area, but there are similar actions being directed at both the police and the legal system. Johan Beckman is a key figure behind all the troll activity in Finland. None of his agencies were members of the Finnish Press Council, so it was never possible for anyone to file any complaints against his actions. At the same time, this very man filed 11 complaints targeting members of the Finnish Press Council who were uncovering his activities. So even here we have the problem of asymmetric power distribution in this type of info war. Now, of course, we all wish for something that puts a stop on such activities, even before lengthy processes of investigating and court ruling come to an end. But I am afraid there cannot be such a shortcut temporary solution. All measures stopping the trolls without correct legal measures are fueling the machinery of the propaganda trolls. The only way to react faster would be speeding up the legal procedures. Yes, speeding up the process would surely be a good thing. But also I think that victims should receive support already when they are going through that ordeal. Financial aid for cutting the losses, but also maybe psychological help for dealing with the emotional fallout. I agree. This cost could eventually be the price that the attackers need to pay on top of the ordinary fines and potential jail times. In Finland, it is quite common in such cases to add what the English law calls pain and suffering, a monetary compensation for the pain caused. This benefits the victims and at the same time increases the potential cost for running such troll factories. The importance of knowing this is the law. It offers safety and protection if needed. It will bring justice. 
For all those living in a democracy, this is like gravity. You move about in your daily life and you can count on gravity simply being there. If it suddenly doesn't work anymore, you might seriously start going down a deep, dark rabbit hole. But this is exactly where the trolls want you. And this point painfully reminds us one more time to what happens in the Ukraine. The country fights a brave war against merciless invaders, but the world largely stands by and watches. There are no policemen coming to the rescue. This really must feel like a world turned upside down. I really feel um, sorry for people who might not get justice. Sometimes these cases might slip through the cracks on the police or with the prosecutors. I have even actually felt it myself. Not all of my complaints have succeeded when, in fact, legally they should have succeeded. Sometimes the resources are somewhere else or something else happens, so you don't get justice. I can imagine that I would have been the most bitter person if I wasn't heard, if I wasn't believed, if I was treated differently, especially in the beginning when I was so afraid. One of the tactics the Russian trolls employ in Jessica Aro's case is the widespread use of hashtags and handles. So, in the beginning, there is an article or post on social media directed against her. This post then has her name applied in the form of handles and hashtags. Using these social media features effectively makes sure that she is alerted to the inflammatory content and never misses even one piece of all the ugliness. This type of behavior is widespread in Finland and can become very infuriating. Journalists are frequently harassed like that. The good thing about Jessica Aros case is that she not only took this to the Finnish court, but that she also succeeded. The final act of this legal drama has just ended in February 2022. I thought there was a court ruling in 2018 already, Ero. Yes, but after that, the case was taken to the Supreme Court and we now have the final possible resolution from within the Finnish legal system. The only other way to go on would be to file the case with the European Court of Human Rights. Oh, I see. And uh, since you are a man of the law, can you elaborate on how the court ruling has changed the legal situation and what kind of implications this will have for the work of journalists? Sure. There is mainly one new aspect to the court ruling. It does not apply to the original content published. Insulting material always fell under the legal categories slander or libel. What's new is that the law dealing with stalking has been extended. It now includes the use of handles and hashtags, as it was the case with Jessica Aro. It also takes into account the amount of such incidents. So, after a sufficient number of articles, posts, handles or hashtags, authorities have sufficient grounds for pursuing the matter as stalking. That's interesting. So, essentially, the threshold has been lowered for such online activities. What do you expect? Will Finnish authorities be able to react earlier and more decisive? Yes, I'm sure about that. In fact, we already see an effect. Johan Beckmann, one of the spin doctors behind the Jessica Aro campaign, has shifted his communication focus. He and his accomplices are not taking individuals like Jessica Aro anymore, but more abstract topics like journalism or entities like us, the press council or newspapers and radios. The 
The same method is now applied to the use of handles. So slowly we are moving forward, reclaiming digital ground from those trying to poison our democracy. Ero, do you have anything else to add? Well, I only wish to add my utmost respect for Jessica Aro and the way she went through with all this. Not backing away despite what must have been a tremendous amount of fear and psychological terror. I'm proud that Finland and Europe have such a steadfast journalist. Yes, what an amazing story. I think it can teach us all so much on not giving in to those who wish to divide and confuse us. Thank you, Jessica, and thank you, Ero, for taking the time to bring this to our audience. And um, the final words in this episode belong to Jessica Aro. It made me more resilient and more understanding of this whole phenomenon and also more empathetic towards people who are targeted for any type of oppression or violence, either mental or physical. So I believe that it made me even more sensitive to other people's experiences of that. I feel that it's my legitimate duty to inform and warn people about this topic. And I enjoy my work and I love teaching people and people also tell me that they are thankful for it. So that is what really keeps me going. There is need for my work. Thank you so much.